It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. 20. Six of time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. For a good part of the state right now, it's raining. And for some people in the higher elevations, even snowing a little bit. Canada is testing its weather machine out. Hang on, we'll get into it. And I was talking with Don Day earlier this morning before I got on the air here. The weather system is swirling around. It's a low-pressure system, which turns counterclockwise. And it's coming up actually from our southern area. Yeah, mostly south. Almost the southeastern, but mostly south. So we're going to get a lot of wet today. Some rain, some snow, some rain and snow mix. Mostly higher elevations getting snow. It's going to be interesting. Also winds coming in. I look at this as the first official test of Canada's weather machine. They just want to make sure everything's up and running. A lot of most years, in fact, they test it really early. This year, they got a little bit of a late start on their test, and we got a bit of a reprieve. But, okay, here's the first one. The good news is it ought to be a really nice-looking weekend. All right. Twitter warning. Warning. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee. And feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. I was right about something. I know the women out there are saying, no, you weren't because you're a man. You never write about anything. No, I was right about something here. So back when Budweiser, for example decided to use a trans activist for Bud Light and it blew up in their faces and destroyed the brand. And what I had said at the time was, hey, Budweiser, don't take sides on any issue. Don't. Just sell beer. That's all you got to do. Even when you run Budweiser commercials, don't virtue signal. Just sell beer. Show people having a good time, no virtue signaling, just people having a great time, and the time is made better because you've got Bud Light. See, just do that. And there's many other products out there as well that I encourage companies, not like they're listening to me, but all right, just just sell your product. Just create your product and sell it. Because the moment you try to virtue signal things, you're making somebody mad. And you're going to lose a large part of your audience. Disney has been doing that, too. Disney has been destroying themselves with all sorts of virtue signaling. Just have great theme parks and great movies and television shows. Don't go out of your way to try to deliver some kind of a message or anything like that. Just entertain. For American football, when people started taking a knee, don't, no, don't. Just play football. People go to entertainment to check out, to relax to not have to think about their problems anymore. So just give them that. Don't get involved in politics or social issues, and your company will do great. 
leave politics and social issues for that arena. All right, having said that, here's a story I came across this morning. Surprise! Consumers are tired of companies preaching at them. Really? Here's a, a study that w- why somebody had to do. I was talking about this yesterday, and I'm going to talk uh, quite a bit today. Not entirely, but quite a bit today about just stupid studies. But every so often, there's an obvious study. Like, really? You had to do a study to figure this out. All right. Study says consumers are less interested in brands taking stances on issues. Survey finds. Gosh, really? So as soon as a brand name starts to take a stand, whatever the stand might be, on an issue and preach it to their customers, the customers, even it doesn't matter if they're in favor or not in favor, they're just less interested in the brand. So if you want to go buy potato chips, you just want potato chips. Don't preach any point of view on it. Just sell damn potato chips. The moment you start preaching through potato chips, even customers who might agree with you will end up going somewhere else because, damn damn it, they just want potato chips. All right. Story says, consumers' desire for companies to weigh in on concerns, events, political, social issues has fallen. Well, it never was very big. As brands like Bud Light, for example, increasingly find themselves caught in the culture war crossfire, according to new research conducted by Gallup and Bentley University. 41% of Americans say, in general, businesses in general should take stances on current events, down from 48% last year. So in other words, the number is is declining. With a decline found across all sorts of age and ethnic groups. The second annual Bentley Gallup Business Survey and Report showed it didn't matter what the age group was. It really didn't. And then it gets into some of the cases where it has really just destroyed companies. We've already talked about that a lot. So, But anyway, you get the idea here. Quote, you need to have a very thoughtful approach of speaking out because that's what's happening right now, said one person responding to the survey. I would say no, just stay out of the culture war. The story here says you may be entering a culture war. Yeah, maybe. Well... If people are happy with uh, American flags, frogs, things like that, give them that. But again, don't pick an issue. It's bad for business. Like Oreo cookies somehow trying to go with a guy coming out to his grandmother, which has what to do with Oreo cookies. And what I'm saying right now has nothing to do with people who are homosexual or straight or whatever. Really, if you're going to sell Oreo cookies, don't have some commercial where a guy reveals his sexuality to grandma. That, that's not why people buy Oreo cookies. They buy them because they like to split them open and eat the gooey stuff in the middle first, then eat the cookie. And if you don't do it that way, you're un-American. But all right, there's seriously something wrong with you if you don't eat your Oreo cookie that way. No one ever sticks up for toxic masculinity anymore, says the story. The list, sadly, is long and undistinguishes a business who have chosen to lecture instead of just sell their products, and those businesses have suffered. So again, we did not need a survey. 
Uh, let me see. What is this? Oh, oh, there's a commercial here of an old woman. Okay, here's a, uh, they have several commercials that they use as examples here, including one from Gillette Razor. I've seen this one here, too. They did a Gillette Razor commercial. They decided to virtue signal in Gillette Razor. I just want a razor to shave. That's all I want. I just want to shave my face. Okay? I know some of you need to shave your legs or your armpits. A few of you need to shave your backs. Whatever the case is. You just want a razor. By the way, if you really do have a hairy back, it, do you have to get someone to help? Or are you are you managing that yourself? I'm not sure how that works. I don't have a hairy back. I don't know. But when it comes to buying a razor, don't you just want to buy a razor? All right. So, yeah, we needed some survey, I guess, because companies, I, I don't think we need a survey, but apparently maybe we do. Because companies out there have not been figuring this out. More and more companies step up in virtue signal and then find out it's bad for business. I don't know how often they have to make this mistake until they finally figure out, quit making this mistake. 6.15 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Good morning, everybody. It's time for your Daybreak Egg Report. I'm Russell Nimitz, and thanks for being with us here on the Western Egg Network. Well, Farm Bill discussions could continue to be contentious with another government funding deadline looming in November. That's according to Senate Minority Whip John Thune of South Dakota. The continuing resolution that has been funding the federal government since the new fiscal year started October 1st expires November 17th, setting up a possible shutdown of departments and agencies. Now, lawmakers aren't expected to consider a new farm bill until there is a resolution to the fiscal 2024 appropriations process. A member of the Agriculture Committee and the second-ranking Republican in the U.S. Senate Thune told AgriPulse that Congress will likely need to pass an extension of the 2018 Farm Bill, parts of which expired September 30th. In some lighter news here on this Thursday morning, you know the cost of purchasing a turkey could be a little bit lower this Thanksgiving, thanks in part to a drop in avian influenza cases and a recovery of the turkey population across America. American Farm Bureau Federation economists analyzed turkey and egg prices in the latest market intel report, which says the average price for an 8 to 16 pound turkey typically served for Thanksgiving was $1.27 per pound in August or 22% lower than that same time period one year ago. Stay with us. We'll have more egg news right after this. The Nile Stock Show and Rodeo is back. Join us October 13th through 21st for stock show events, youth competitions, horse events, trade shows, concerts, rodeos, and more. The Nile Stock Show includes 17 breed shows and two sales. Come support the Junior Fed Sale on October 16th and buy your next champion at the Club Calf Sale on October 17th. And cattlemen, check out the new On the Rocks Frozen Genetics Sale Wednesday, October 18th. Find a full schedule of events and ticket information at thenile.org. Get ready because the Nile is here. Ready for a real PRF partner? At AgRisk Advisors, this isn't our first rodeo. We are one of the most experienced in pasture rangeland forage. Honesty, commitment, trust. Many companies use these words. At AgRisk Advisors, we earn them. The deadline to enroll in pasture rangeland forage insurance is December 1st. Visit prfadvisors.com to enroll. 
Well, currently, the U.S. is under the dietary guidelines that came out in 2020 and will expire in 2025. And the next set of dietary guidelines are actually being formulated now by the Dietary Guidelines Advisory Committee that's aiming to issue updated guidelines for 2025 through 2030 by the end of 2024. And according to Dr. Shailene McNeil, NCBA's Executive Director of Nutrition Research, the Beef Checkoff was one of 83 organizations and individuals that had the chance to give some thoughts during recent public commentary. But we really wanted to focus on the critical role that beef plays and its nutrients play at each life stage because beef has a special package of nutrients, iron and zinc and B vitamins. And as we talked about, these are not only needed at infancy, they're needed at, during adolescence, they're dur- during um, adulthood, pregnancy, and the aging. Certainly a very important opportunity for the U.S. beef cattle industry as those dietary guidelines for Americans truly are the foundation for all federal feeding policies. For the Western Ag Network, I'm Russell Nemitz. Next time on Wyoming Hookin' and Hunting Outdoors with host Drew Kirby. Presented by Rocky Mountain Discount Sports and Brooks Companies, we're talking with Game and Fish about boater safety. Also, Brian from Rocky Mountain Discount Sports on that midsummer fish. And Sean Blazak from the Wyoming chapter of the Mule Deer Foundation. We're talking mule deer and summer projects. Sundays at 11 a.m. or 24-7 on demand on the K2 radio app. Do you worry about how much someone drinks? Do you feel neglected or unloved? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you are not alone. Al-Anon and Alateen can help. Call 1-866-200-0223 or visit alanon.org slash help. Start your day the right way. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Six twenty-two is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. I'm looking at this next story. And I'm just thinking about I tell you this behind the scenes thing, because I thought it was funny, but I didn't say anything at the time. Yesterday, all of us media personalities here at this uh, local office at Town Square asked into the boss's office, and he just decided to have some fun, and he had this wheel that we could spin, and we could win something. And come to think of it, I can't remember where did I put yeah. I because what I won was uh, Taco John's. A little gift card to go get myself some Taco John's. That's, that's cool. Other people walked away with various other prizes. One guy got what I really wanted. He got a month's worth of gasoline. Yeah, he can go fill his tank for a solid month. Okay, now for me, that would be one filling because even though I do travel and do, most of the travel I do is on the company dime anyway because it's for business. But still, you know, for my personal vehicle, I end up filling it up once a month. That's my personal vehicle, right? Still, though, would have been nice. You know, it's like for me, for my vehicle, that's like 35 bucks. It would be kind of cool. But I'm thinking at the time, you know, there are some people who are climate activists. You know, the woke microaggression type who are offended at every little thing. You gave him a gas card? Climate change, you know. Well... He drives a gasoline car, so here's some. He might go out there and abuse that and drive extra. Yeah, I hope he does. I hope the guy who won it will get out there and just really put some miles on the car because he actually has a rather big. He bought himself a Humvee, 
Boy, is that a thirsty vehicle. If anybody needs to win the gas card, it's him. I hope he has a good time with it. But, you know, someone's going to be all offended. I say, I'm reminded of that because here's the story by Center Square. Gas prices could spike amid Middle East conflict, experts say. Now, first off, <clears throat> experts say, we need experts to tell us this. We have a conflict in the Middle East, so that means gas prices could spike. Did we need to call some expert to figure that? I don't think we did. All right, well, having said that, the answer really is we don't really need to worry about it. Well, we wouldn't have to if it wasn't for this current administration. We have so much petroleum in this country. There was a time that we thought we were going to run out of it. In fact, I remember in my youth on television, they were constantly saying, Oh, wait, Miss Mary's letting me know. Yeah, I think you're right, Miss Mary, but hang on, let me get where I can see your note. Heck, he needs to make sure he's using premium gas. Yes. <clears throat> oh, use the best. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the leaded stuff, you know. Oh, yeah, use the premium stuff. And he should drive like crazy. If This is where, Mary, I, again, was looking at going, yeah, I really would love to have a gas fill up. But again, I would fill my take once the entire month, and that's it. Because most of the out-of-town driving I do is on company business, company car. So my car usually is just around town, and it takes me a whole month to go through the gas tank. Sean, however, he bought himself this big Humvee, and dear God, he'll go through more gas than I will just going to work and back because it's a Humvee. And I'm proud of him for buying that big sucker. If anyone needs, and yes, he should buy premium because it's a new vehicle. But all right. I think it's new. Or did he buy that used? Anyway. So, okay. Uh, throughout my life, for many of you out there, you know, you've heard the prediction over and over again that we're going to run out of petroleum by such and such a date. Well, that date came and went several times over. Just like the date of doomsday climate predictions come and go and the doomsday doesn't happen. All right. Well, same thing with we're going to run out of petroleum. That has been predicted so many times, and it hasn't come true. And one of the reasons why is because not only do we keep discovering new pools of petroleum, but also new ways of getting that petroleum. So in North America alone, currently, that we know of, we have several hundred years worth of petroleum, just of what we know of. At some point, we might even find more, but then we also have... What's up in Canada? What's down in South America? Then we go to the Middle East. But here in North America, we have enough petroleum that we're fine. So if there's war in the Middle East, and right away some expert says, well, gas prices are going to go up here in America. My answer is they didn't need to. When the love them or hate them, when the Trump administration was around, a lot of regulations were pushed aside so petroleum companies could get busy, and they did. And at, at one point, we were an exporter of energy. And it wasn't because of a government program. It was because of a lack of government programs. The Department of Energy, get them out of the way. EPA, BLM, and so on, get them out of the way. Oh, sure, I want to make sure these uh, petroleum companies... When they're working out there, they do it in a clean way. Absolutely. No, CO2 is not a pollutant. But I want them to do it in a clean and responsible way. Of course I do. 
But we have all this petroleum right here in North America. So why should a war in the Middle East bother us at all? And the answer is it shouldn't. But we have the Biden administration that's done what it could to shut down as much oil production as it can. In the meantime, they're trying to say two things at once. And I'll get into this next because you know where I'm going with this. On the one hand, they try to tout, look, we're producing more oil than ever before. See, that's it. At the same time, they brag, yep, we're going to shut down oil production. They're trying to have it both ways. The answer is war in the Middle East should not affect your gasoline price here in America. We have everything we need right here if our government would get out of the way and let us go extract that energy and use it. All right, coming up on 6.30, local news coming your way. Update on your weather forecast. Now, this is this is the day we've been talking about. Big change up in your forecast. So a lot of you are getting, not everybody, but a lot of you are getting either rain right now or higher elevations getting some snow. It's going to get a bit windy. This weather needs to get through today and tomorrow, and then we have a really nice weekend. We'll talk about all of that. 6.45, there's an extended weather forecast from Don Day. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. Keeping them honest, this is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Something on your mind? Join in at 888-97-WOODS. Six thirty-six. the time, it's Wake Up Wyoming, I-80 John over in Granite Canyon. That's the area between Cheyenne and Laramie, sort of up top over there. He fired up the pellet stove this morning. Thank you for putting more CO2 into the air. I do. I really appreciate that. Is it snowing up there, John? Because higher elevations should be getting some snow. Now, so far, it's warm enough in the lower elevations. We're not going to get any snow. It's just going to rain. But higher elevations might get some. And I'm wondering, are you high enough to get some of those elevations? All right. So the story I came across, somebody decided they needed to consult an expert. War in the Middle East could raise your gas prices here at home, experts say. Well, duh. Actually, as I was saying earlier, we don't really need to have our gas prices go up at all. It's not necessary. We can have war in the Middle East, war in Europe, and our gas prices at home could be completely unaffected. But why not? Okay, here's one of the reasons why. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in a Biden administration? No, we would would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated. No more drilling on federal lands. No more drilling, including offshore. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. I guarantee we're going to end fossil fuel. What about, say, stopping fracking and stopping pipeline infrastructure? No more, no new fracking. We are going to get rid of fossil fuels. I've argued against any more oil drilling or gas drilling on federal lands. No one's going to build a coal-fired plant again, and we're going to get rid of the ones we have now. Have a transition from the oil industry, yes. Would you be willing to sacrifice some of that growth, even knowing potentially that it could displace thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of blue-collar workers in the interest of transitioning to that greener economy? The answer is yes. Okay, so there's why war in the Middle East would raise your gasoline prices. 
Now, this is the same president and administration that love to brag. Oh, no, we're out there letting these oil companies drill, and which is not what the base wants to hear. It's what the right wants to hear. At the same time, Biden goes around saying, nope, we're trying to put an end to all of this, which is what the left wants to hear. They're trying to say two things at once, and we're supposed to believe it both, even though it's contradictory. Well, the fact of the matter is it is more difficult for us to extract petroleum in the United States right now. And, and by the way, what a great time to draw down that strategic oil reserve. I was asked a question this morning. You think we're going to wind up involved in a war in the Middle East? And my answer was just off the top of my head. I think Israel's got this, although they might end up at war with some other countries. Besides besides having to go after the Gaza Strip, that there's some countries around them that have just been itching to get in on Israel at any time. So there might be, if it gets to that, we would end up supporting Israel. As long as it doesn't go to that, then they've got this, they can handle it themselves. Okay. So would war in the Middle East raise your gasoline prices? Yes. Does it have to? No. The rest of the world could be at war and our gasoline prices could remain exactly the same. And your energy prices, your electricity prices don't have to go up either, nor your natural gas prices. We have everything we need right here at home. Problem is you have a government and it's not just this president or administration. It's the bureaucracy that's not allowing you or those involved in the coal, gas and oil industry to extract the energy that's literally right under our feet. I-80 John in Granite Canyon, not yet as far as snow, 33 degrees and we got rain. Okay. I, I wait to see what the higher elevations are doing. I know elevations above you would be below, would be at the freezing level and getting some snow. So now we know where, what's your elevation, John? Just curious. Also, Jim and Casper, so Scalise must have some dirt on more people than Jordan. Okay. Um, let me give you something on that real quick here. In fact, I'm going to call up my... There we go. There's my notes. Earlier this morning, I had this as a headline. In fact, let me refresh my page. There we go. Breaking Scalise wins speaker nomination. Right. To which I added, wait, never mind. Uh, he won it in a preliminary vote. So we don't have a Speaker of the House yet because an official vote has not been taken. My worry is as soon as they have a Speaker of the House, then your government's going to start passing laws again. And they keep telling us, we got business we got to take care of here. We need to get back to work. I know some people disagree with me, but... The more that we don't have these people around trying to get things done, the better off we are. I really hate the idea of a full-time Congress trying to constantly fix everything because they don't fix things. They make it far worse. The, the harder they work, the worse it gets. 642, wake up one. It is happening in Wyoming. It's not wake up Wyoming. It's Glenn Woods from K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97 Woods. 648 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Okay, so I.D. John's in Granny Canyon. He's getting rain, not snow. It's 33 degrees where he is. Now, Chief Redland is in Jeffrey City. He says he's about 6,800 feet where it's 32 degrees. He sends me a picture 
of driving down the highway and in front of his vehicle. Well, you see all the snow streaking down out there. Off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino. This is a test of the winter weather machine from Canada. Why, why didn't we see this rain in August? Uh, it would have been great uh, for my lawn. Oh, okay. It's rained all night here. It has, and it's just going to keep raining all day. So Okay. okay. Well, on. I'm not doing much. Okay. <laughs> now, when we get to a, a, a sporting event, there's always the coin toss before the game starts. Yes. Okay. So sometimes they use ceremonial coins. Oh, okay. I think pretty much all the time now. All right. You know, I don't think they actually use pennies or quarters or nickels or dimes or yeah. anything. Now, you've heard when it comes to coins, there's this law of averages. If you keep flipping the coins, it's supposed to about average out. It's supposed to. Yeah, okay. Well, someone decides, because they have nothing better to do, to spend some of your money on research to study this. Thankfully, it was in Amsterdam, so it wasn't American money. And after having a machine flip, 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 so they don't have to. They found out that on average, a coin lands on the same side it began with. Okay, on average. On average, yes. They flipped the coin 350,000 times. <laughs> and they found that if it, most it, of the time, yeah, it starts at the, it ends at the starting position. Okay, most right. of the time. Most of the time. So, thank God for that study, Frank. I can sleep better at night now knowing that we have a coin toss decision here. Well, now football players all over the place will go, hey, what, what, First, show me the coin, Mister Mister Referee. Right, and they normally do that. Like you see at the Super Bowl, here's our commemorative coin. Yeah, and then, then you should say, "We're going to go heads or tails." Right. I usually say heads, I win; tails, you lose. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, okay. You can't lose. No, you can't put that one. Okay, so then they go ahead and do the coin. So, and I always notice that they let the coin hit the ground. Yes, because right. that adds to the randomness of the whole thing. Ah, okay. Now, sometimes... Now, and yeah, in sports, they let it hit the ground. They don't want to, you know, flip it up in the air and then, you know, land it on the, on your wrist. Yeah. You know, and then reveal it. No. Yeah, well, there might be some because kind of... Because people can't even wrist... catch it and put it on their wrist. Well, so, yeah, there might be also a little wrist trick there. So let it land. And just call it good. All right, tomorrow will be another round of high school football with two regular season weeks to go with the big game in 4A tomorrow. We'll have number one Sheridan playing host to number three Natrona. Also in 4A, Cheyenne East rated second will host Cheyenne South. Cheyenne Central will host Campbell County. Laramie will host Rock Springs. And Kelly Walsh will be in Gillette to take on Thunder Basin. In 2A, Glen Rock will be at Newcastle. Burns will host Wheatland. And 1A, nine man on Friday. A big game is number one Pine Bluffs will host number three Lingo Fort Laramie. And in six man on Friday, Casper Christian will be at Encampment. And Saturday, KC travels to Hewlett Midwest will host Matitsi. College football, the Wyoming Cowboys with another big game. They'll be in Colorado Springs to meet the Air Force on Saturday night. Folks are coming off a really nice win over Fresno State on Saturday. And quarterback Andrew Peasley was named the Mountain West Conference Offensive Player of the Week. So the folks are 5-1 and one overall, 2-0 and oh in Mountain West Conference play. The Falcons are 5-0. and oh. They started out the season with two wins over Cupcakes and then won three straight in league play. Last week, they gouged San Diego State 49-10 to 10 with 476 yards of offense and three the ball for 189, which is a bit weird for them considering they are a running team. UW 10 and a half point underdogs in the game. It's a 5 p.m. kickoff from Falcon Stadium on Saturday. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KOWB and Laramie. Our WyoPreps.com Athletes of the Week have been announced. The girls winner Kate Walker from Mountain View from their volleyball team, who had 93 kills as the Buffaloes won all five of their matches last week. The boys winner was Little Snake River football player Mason Jones, who threw five TD passes in their win over encampment. Voting for next week's player 
Player of the Week will start 5 p.m. Friday and run Monday at 9 a.m. Get started on WildPreps.com and the WildPreps mobile app. Major League Baseball playoffs first in the National League. The Los Angeles Dodgers, who won 100 games during the regular season, eliminated by Arizona in three straight games in the divisional round. The final 4-2 last night as the Diamondbacks had four home runs in the first inning. Philadelphia over Atlanta on the road 10-2. The Phillies lead that series of two games to one, best of five. In the American League, Houston qualified for the championship series for the seventh year in a row. They beat Minnesota 3-2 to two to win that series three games to one. And the Astros will take on the Texas Rangers in the American League championship series. That's it in sports. And just so you know, Frank, you did not win the $1.7 billion. Oh. No, some, somebody in California did. I'm so yes, not just, surprised. Just not surprised. Now, here's the problem. Because they won in California... One of the highest taxed states. Oh, they sure. have like a state income tax, and depending on where he lives, he might even have a city income tax. So, how much does he actually get to keep out of the one point seven billion dollars that he was supposed to? You know, if he gets five hundred million, yeah. Okay. I, I think we can live with that. I would much rather live in a place where we don't have a state income tax or a city income tax. Well, well it's only well, you know, like Wyoming, Wyoming or Just Florida. That's it, that right? There. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's a few other places. Is there? there? Yeah. Oh, there. All right. Thank you, Frank. Come up on some local business. You got to take care. Yeah. Roll into news time after that. National local update on the weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It's a Thursday. Most people out there getting some kind of wet. Some of the higher elevations, like over around Jeffrey City, a little bit of snow, some higher elevations in that too. Most people, though, just rain coming down. You heard your local forecast from your local radio station. We get to 745. Don Day joins me. We'll go ahead and talk about this weather front moving in which is the first real test of the winter weather machine by Canada. And then they get into serious weather, but they have to run a test first. Normally, tests like this happen much earlier. So we got a bit of a reprieve this time. But anyway, just a winter weather machine test. Temperatures dropped considerably for a while. This weekend, though, ought to be really nice. Okay, Denver, Colorado, you're up on this next story. Headline, Denver Mayor touts ambitious plan to get homeless off streets and take back downtown for frustrated residents. I just, I think the worst part for downtown is they closed down the homeless person's bar. Yeah. The HPB, Homeless People's Bar. They did. It was right in downtown. They had a homeless camp there, tents and all that set up. And this guy found a bunch of furniture from alleyways Somehow or other managed to get all that furniture, a couch, some nice chairs, you know. Some of this stuff was heavy furniture. Got a, Made a, a living room set in front of his tent. 
found booze. I don't know where he got the booze from. I bet you a lot of it was used. But anyway, was able to get booze. He might have bought it from panhandling. I don't know. And started a business. He opened a bar. So if you want to sit at the homeless person's bar, there it is. Outdoors, too. Open air. He was even, he had extra tents. And if you had found some meth addict prostitute and he didn't have some place to take her, he would rent you one of his tents. Now, for some reason, the police shut this entrepreneur down. I don't know. You can explain it to me. I don't know. Here's the uh, story. Denver's homeless problem, it says, is so bad, one resident resorted to dumping human excrement left by his office on the steps of City Hall in frustration. I like that answer. No, actually, I do like that. There's times that civil disobedience can really make a point. The fact that he just went, he keeps showing up at work and there's all of this human excrement right in front of his office. So he scoops it up in buckets, goes to City Hall, dumps it in front of City Hall. I am with this guy. Mike Johnson, the Democrat mayor of Denver, maybe on the other side of the aisle, but he understood where the libertarian think tank owner John Caldera was coming from with his stunt. So it was a libertarian think tank guy that did this, huh? Quote, I've known John for a long time, so we've had more than a handful of discussions, but I think he and I share the goal, which is we want to be able to get people housed and get the streets clean, safe public spaces so everyone can act. Can you imagine? Some of you don't know this because you live in you know, Wyoming and surrounding states, but you go into your downtown area in the middle of the day and it's not safe. Well, that should be one of the safest places there is. Well, he says, we know one of the reasons is when folks are living out in tents and encampments, they don't have access to public restrooms, they don't have access to trash pickup, and so often they have no place else to drop trash and no place else to, well, relieve themselves. So, so a Democrat calls himself a nonpartisan mayor from Denver, Deep Blue City, the story says, uh, by the way, President Biden took Denver by about 80%. That can explain a lot, okay? It's one of, really, it's it's one of the most liberal strongholds now in the country. For those listening in Denver, I know you just rolled your eyes at that, but okay. Quote, one of the things I love about this job as a nonpartisan mayor about the task is people from all ends of the spectrum basically says come talk to me so according to the annual homelessness assessment report wow i gotta click on that i've never heard of that that's actually a report released late last year denver had the 10th largest homeless population among american cities yeah at nearly seven thousand, it was the worst among cities outside of california so the mayor say he hears constantly from city businesses that have lost foot traffic and revenue, even if they're close to downtown. And I do remember, it was a few years ago, the problem was bad, but not as bad as it is today. I just wanted to go see downtown Denver, go to an art museum, you know, things like this. And I went there. And even then, it wasn't as bad as today, but even then, did not feel entirely safe walking around downtown. Which, again, it should be one place if you feel safe anywhere. I mean, City Hall's right there. The police station's right there. Come on. 
Johnson took office in July, immediately declared homelessness a public emergency and released $50 million in a plan to get 1,000 people into transitional semi-apartment. Now, here's where I disagree. I understand we need to do something. And, and we've talked about this before. The answer is not always easy. But the idea, we're going to spend a bunch of money and give these people free housing. Uh, they're just going to destroy your free housing. That may not be the answer. But all right, let's read on. Quote, we now have one of the highest commercial vacancy rates in the city. Yeah, because nobody wants to live in downtown now. We all tried with San Francisco, which is also a very significant homeless population. So, you know, this is one of the major drivers that changes how people feel about their downtown. It, it affects visitors, tourists. Well, we all know that. Johnson said the city has seen about a 300% increase in homelessness. Think about that. That's why I say when I went there a few years back, it wasn't this bad. A 300% increase in homelessness past five years. Accompanied by more deaths of residents on the streets. You find a dead homeless person. <clears throat> Quote, view, we view this as a crisis. Well, obviously. Oh, and here is a picture of the libertarian businessman because he made sure that the media was there and he took this big uh, box of human excrement and dumped it on the city hall steps right in front of the press so everybody could watch him do it. So, okay, the mayor acknowledged drug use. He talks about fentanyl, things like that. Quote, we believe you stabilize people in the same way they got destabilized. We get them back into housing, okay, mental health services, addiction treatment. Now, this part I can't agree with. Just throwing them into a house somewhere is not going to solve your problem. Uh, These are people who have issues for whatever reason. There are people out there who have issues with drug abuse, mental health issues. We've talked about this before in this program. It's not, you're not going to solve the problem by just saying, well, here's a home or here's some money. You've got to deal with the core issue of this. So the mayor says, if we can get these folks that are currently unsheltered into housing and can close those encampments and keep them closed, well, okay, long as that housing comes... And I would make this a stipulation of the housing. We'll give you some place to live, but here's here's the deal. Make them sign a contract if that helps. You're going to get counseling and treatment for your issues. We're going to be checking up on you daily. This house is going to stay in clean and in good shape. Don't just turn it over to them. Um, he said another housing first plan, throwing money at homeless, he wrote in a text message, enforcing uh, a camping ban, arresting people, cleaning up the streets. So in other words, he's going all out with a sort of an all of the above approach. It would be interesting to see places like in Wyoming, to name a few places, like uh, Casper, Cheyenne, Laramie, to name three. I know it's more than just that. To watch what the mayor is doing in Denver and does anything work? Because I know the communities in Wyoming that I just mentioned are struggling to figure out what do we do about the same exact problems. So we'll see if he comes up with any idea in Denver that actually works. But I do like this idea that the mayor is not doing the usual thing, which is, well, we're just going to go ahead and allow them to stay here. We're just not going to, if they want to poop on the street, that's okay. No, it's not okay. They want to go ahead and set up tents right there in downtown. Well, that's okay. No, it's not okay. Don't let them do it. So those things he's going to try to enforce. 716.
Morning, Kevin. Kevin's in Wheatland. Let's try that again. Why did Denver shut down the bum bar? Well, they weren't paying taxes, were they? Now, hang on, Kevin. I like your name. The bum bar. I like that. The guy should put up a sign. Terry Gallon, Fort Collins. Denver has been shutting homeless, uh, uh, shuttling homelessness up to Loveland. That's how Denver handles the problem. Really? Okay. I didn't know that. They've been just putting them on buses and sending them out up to... Okay, well, that just means Loveland's going to have the problem now. And a lot of these people up in Loveland might decide to go back to Denver. So let's see if this mayor actually does what he says now, if he actually finds some kind of a solution, as he says he's going to try to do. 717 is the time. Wake up one. Keeping some honest, letting some lie, letting you vent. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join in at 888-97-WOODS. 722 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. King getting a lot of comments on what the mayor of Denver wants to do about homelessness, some of which I agree with, some I don't, but we'll see. But before I get to those comments, for those people who remember the Rush Limbaugh show way back when, when it first started, remember this guy? Ooh, ain't got no hope. I know ain't got no hope. I know face wrong. I'm a lonely boy. I ain't got a home. Clarence Frogman Henry. I, got a voice. I love to sing. I sing like a girl. And I sing like a frog. I'm a lonely boy. I ain't got a home. Yeah, it's where he comes where he sings like a frog. Yeah, Rush Limbaugh used to always play this whenever he did a homeless update. I suddenly just thought of it. I haven't heard this in a long, long time. Now, this is where he sings like a girl. This is his Not very convincing, but okay. Then he does the frog thing. Well, he's the frog man. So he claims he can sing like a frog. No wonder he didn't have very many hit records. Anyway, though, he got famous through the Rush Limbaugh program way back when. Because this song by Clarence Frogman Henry, every homeless update. Here we go. I ain't got a mother. I ain't got a father. Frogman Henry. I got to remember that one. Pull it out every so often. I hadn't thought about that song in years. All right. So if you just join me, it's the mayor of Denver. That's it. Done with the homeless thing. Going to solve this problem. He's got a bunch of money. He's got ideas. He's going to try. And some of the ideas are just thrown out from the liberal textbook on how to deal with homelessness, which obviously isn't working. So he's going to try a little bit of everything. All right. So I am right in Evansville. Low-cost housing would be better than free for those who are responsible and employed but unable to afford housing. Low-cost housing solves the reason they're homeless. Okay. Uh, they would probably take care of an apartment. I think he, I think you're on to a little bit of something here. Probably take care of an apartment knowing others are in line to get it if they don't, 
Right. June and Casper, when I was in low income years ago, they did inspections. This is how to protect the occupied and landlord. Also, the apartment was based on income. Right. It's a good idea that they do check because as we've seen in the past, if you just give somebody a home or even just low income, hey, we're going to give you a break. You got to say they'll trash it. We've seen that so many times. So, yeah, there's got to be constant inspections. You're going to keep this place nice if we're going to do this for you. Uh, let's see. Mark and Centennial, no precipitation right now, but it looks like it will be here soon. Temperature 33 degrees, so no snow out there yet. We'll keep you posted, Mark. You keep us posted, too. Temperatures actually dropped where I am. Kevin and Wheatland, why did Denver shut down the bum bar? I still like that. Because they weren't paying taxes, were they? All right, so I did take a look at, here's a report. i got to get more into this report. When it comes to homelessness in America, this is the latest. Okay, now, back in Limbaugh's day, when he first came around in the 80s and started doing the homeless updates, stuff like that, what Limbaugh pointed out is there are homeless advocates out there, like many other things, were exaggerating the homeless problem in America at the time. And they were. Because they were claiming there's millions of Americans homeless and there weren't anywhere near millions. There was there was homelessness. It did happen. But we have nowhere near millions like the homeless advocates were saying. And, of course, they were trying to change policy and get money and power out of it. You know, much like the cult of climate change does today. Create a crisis, exaggerate it, make money off it, essentially. Money and power. So key findings, this is the latest report that was handed to your Congress on homelessness. Key findings. On one single night in 2022, roughly 582,500 people experienced homelessness in the United States. Six in ten, 60 percent, were staying in sheltered locations, emergency shelters, safe havens, or transitional housing and 4 in 10, about 40%, were in unsheltered locations such as on the street, an abandoned building, or in other places not suitable for human habitation. So that's their initial findings. Again, 2022, about 582,500. Now, how accurate is that number? I don't know. I have no idea how accurate the number is. But at least they are looking in all the right places as far as shelters, halfway houses. How many are on the street? Lord knows. Don't even know how much. I do know this, though. You tell me if you think I'm wrong about it. I, I take a look at it and think, well, the homeless population has definitely increased quite a bit over the past few years. Story says more than, or the study says, more than two-thirds of all people experiencing homelessness, 72%, did so in households without children present. Okay. Six out of every ten experienced unsheltered homelessness did so in urban areas, about 60% of them, with more than half of all unsheltered people in the continuous care of uh, the nation's largest cities. Well, that goes back to why do they go to certain locations? Even here in Wyoming, why would, let's say, Casper or Cheyenne have a problem? Well, people go to where the resources are. If you're experiencing homelessness for whatever reason... You go to where you can get stuff, food, other such help. That would be in the major cities. That's where they're going to go. You don't go out to some little place out in the country. There's not much help out there. There's one. Now, what do you do about it? 
shuffling them off to the next city is not solving the problem. What do you actually do about it? That's where the mayor of Denver says, that's it, I'm going to fight. I'm curious to see what does or what doesn't work because he's sort of taken an all-of-the-above approach. So some of what he does is might have some good results. Other things that he's saying he's going to do, it just it isn't going to work. But we'll, I'm going to wait and see. It's going to be interesting. 7.29 is the time. Local news, weather forecast, Wake Up Wyoming. Blow off some steam before you face the day at 888-97-WOODS. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods, live on AM 1030 K2 Radio. 7.36 the time. Wake up, Wyoming. I have Don Day coming on a few minutes from now. 7.45 is when he comes on. He's going to talk about the weather you're experiencing right now, where it goes, and actually it fades into a nice weekend. A couple of days of like wet and cold, some snow, some rain, depending on where you are exactly. All right. Triple eight ninety seven Woods is the phone number, 888-97-WOODS. Yesterday, I went through a whole series of just idiotic studies, right? Now, I don't mind if somebody wants to do a stupid study. Go ahead. Don't take government money for it. One of the, I love picking on this. There's an organization out there called Wallet Hub. Now, they're a private organization. They do internet postings. That's how they make their money. They provide internet content. And they provide that content by doing studies. They suck at it, but that's why I like making fun of them. And especially when they try to pick on Wyoming. They've never been here, but they try to do studies in Wyoming. They always get it wrong. So, all right. But if that's what they want to do, at least it's private company. We don't need taxpayer money going to studies like this. For example, several researchers at the Shishido Research Center in uh, Yokohama, which is fine if the Japanese want to waste their money on studies like this, fine, came out with a study that concluded that people who think they do have foot odor. Do. And people who tell you that they don't have foot odor actually don't. Well, thank you. See now? <clears throat> I don't know how they did this. So I guess you ask the person, do you suffer from foot odor? And then you smell their foot. I don't know. You tell me how would you do a study like that? You say you don't have foot odor? Give me your foot. You do have foot odor? Take your shoe and sock off. Let me sniff that. All right. Oregon State Health Division and Liverpool School of Tropical Medicine pioneered a study about the excretions um, in joy-riding pigs. Joy-riding pigs. Pigs that get to go for rides in vehicles. Uh, I don't even want to know what that means. John Mack of Harvard Medical School and David Jacobs of Temple University performed a study which concluded that people who believed they were kidnapped by aliens from outer space probably were. Okay, I, I would like to see the data on that. How do you know they were? Did you find the chip in their butt? I don't know. How do you know they were? They say, oh, they probably were. Based on what? All right, next one. Several researchers recently performed a very official study of consumption among U.S. military service members. Consumption, not what they eat. 
Uh, I'm sorry. Did I say I? I get a little dyslexic. Constipation consumption. Consumption is a different disease. Constipation among U.S. military service members. Yeah, okay. I'd like to see what they found out. Uh, let me see. Although they were officially officially denied it, the Japanese Meteorological Society alleged they performed a seven-year study on whether earthquakes are caused by catfish wiggling their tails. I guess you just waste money. If you're a university professor, you got to keep the money rolling in somehow. You might think I'm kidding about some of these, but I'm not. There was an extensive study published in the Journal of Parentology, 1990, concerning patients who preferred waxed floss over unwaxed floss. Oh, look, a nose hair study. Oh, cool. International Journal of Neuroscience released a report titled The Effects of Unilateral Force Nostril Breathing on Cognition. In other words, whether breathing through your one nostril makes you smarter or not. See, okay, um, most of you listening right now, get up in the morning and go to a legitimate job where you work really hard in order to get some meager pay. Then there's people who do this, and they get paid for it. Institute of Food Research in the UK performed a groundbreaking analysis of soggy breakfast cereal entitled A Study on the Effects of Water Content on the Compaction and Behavior of Breakfast Cereal Flakes. Let's see, Norway Technical University published a study concluding it proved that wearing wet underwear in the cold was not a good idea. Its full title was The Impact of Wet Underwear on Thermology Response and Thermal Comfort in the Cold. They could have just asked their mom. She would have told them. 742, wake up my own. News and weather together at the top and bottom of every hour. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. is the time, but wake up Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Don Day from Day Weather. Okay, Don, we're having sort of a battle across the state here. So, let's see, over from John in Granite Canyon up there on I-80. 33 degrees, not snowing yet. But then Chief Redland over in Jeffrey City, 32 degrees, and he sends me a picture of snow coming down. So, it's a contest at this point. Stormy. It's making its way over the Continental Divide right now. This is when the, the storm is, is going to be its most disorganized. But as it comes off the mountains and reforms over the northeastern Colorado Plains this morning, the counterclockwise circulation is going to wrap the precipitation shield back to the west and southwest parts of the state. Uh, it'll move in that direction. In fact, radar really shows that very well. If you have an app on your phone or whatever, you can see the circulation forming. And we do have an area of rain and snow over the central parts of the state, and it is wrapping back. Uh, I know that between Rollins and up through that muddy gap area, it's snowing heavy. Um, and there is areas of rain and snow up through the Shirley Basin and rain up from Sheridan to Casper. So for folks along the I-80 corridor, the, the weather's coming in from the north, and that will move in later this morning. 
So you got to really put in perspective of where you are and how the storm's coming together to what you're seeing weather-wise right now. The heaviest part of this storm is definitely going to concentrate itself in the central and east central and south central areas of the state. Um, so there, that's where we think the rain and the snow will be the most prevalent. And then we're already seeing uh, road closures. Powder River Pass is closed. Webcams and the Bighorns show a lot of snow there, and it's been snowing very heavy in the Wind Rivers as well. Just nonstop rain where I am here. And, of course, even if it's not snowing on your roads, that's going to mean some really slick roads out there. Now, of course, this comes with a bit of a temperature drop. It's dropped just slightly since I've been here at work. You know, you and I get to work about the same time. But it looks like could that actually drop a little bit more? Today? Yeah, high high temperatures have been reached. Uh, okay. The high is for the day has been reached, and temperatures will be steady, if not falling, for the rest of the day as cold air is being, being brought in by the storm system. And also what's going to happen later today, it's going to get really windy. It's going to get really windy along I-80 in the southeast part of the state, I-25, between Wheatland and Cheyenne and Colorado. So this system is going to really throw just about everything at us. Okay, well, this is why I was saying earlier, this is a test of the Canadian winter weather machine. Cool. Just to see if it's up and running. Normally, Don, they run these tests earlier in the year. This time, we got a bit of a retrieve before they decided to run their first test. Yeah, I I don't know how anyone complain can complain about what we have seen since the beginning uh, of a, September yeah. up till now. So it's bound to happen. And you kept asking, you know, when are we going to get one of these? Yeah, well, here it go. is. Okay, now real quick though, so we get into this weekend. Though we have another nice weekend in store. That was scheduled. We d- we do. It's just not going to be warm. Uh, and that's to be expected behind a storm system like this. We're looking at temperatures 40s and 50s for Saturday and then 50s and some lower 60s Sunday, which for the middle of October, not unexpected. Uh, we do expect a real hard freeze. Uh, for those of you that maybe have been able to escape a hard freeze, uh, can't do that Friday night as it'll clear out behind the system. But, but tomorrow the weather will start to improve. It'll be chilly. Fair, cool, dry weekend that should last through Tuesday. So the timing, Glenn, is yeah. good. The, yeah. the systems are coming in during the week, and the weekends are ending up pretty good, pretty right. nice. Thank you, Don. Don Day, we'll check in with him when we get into Friday because we got a whole weekend coming up. Want details and that with a forecast. I'll have to go to the icebox to talk to Don Day. I'm sorry, Frank Gambino. Frank, I'm working on a story here which I think you will find fascinating. In fact, would you take that word, please, and just put it off to the side in reserve because you're going to use it at least once. I can't even spell it. It's okay. Can you say it? Yes. Okay, so I like watching all sorts of different science channels, especially, you know, YouTube scientists who put up from astronomy to astrophysics to geology. Yeah. There is a Wyoming geologist. He was in Rollins. And behind him on I-80, he's pointing to this rock face and says, notice the sandstone there. Notice the red in the sandstone. Now, that's iron oxide that you see there. That red is called Rollins red. It's a specific kind of red. I didn't didn't know that. Yeah, you might have seen this, Frank, because if you look at barns all over the United States, they're painted with that color red. Yeah. Because way back when, that stuff was being mined to go into paint which was used on barns all over America. That's why we have the traditional red American barn, because of Rollins Red. I didn't know that. Uh-huh. That is fascinating. Aha, uh-huh. there. They, he used the word part, in context. Part, 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 yeah. part of the Red Desert. I, I exactly imagine. right. And when you look at the Brooklyn Bridge, that's actually a red paint, which is Rollins Red. 
No way. Yeah, that's what they paint the Brooklyn Bridge with. So I had no, I'm watching this geologist going, I had no idea. I thought they just liked painting barns red. No, that was a cheap color to put into paint. And you know those farmers like affordable. They want quality but affordable. And that's what that was. It's fascinating. And according to Miss Mary, there has to be at least one good thing that comes out of Rollins, and that would be it. So thank you, Miss Mary. (laughs) Rollins is now mad at them. Yep. Tomorrow will be another round of high school football around the state with two regular season weeks to go. The big game in 4A on Friday. We'll have number one Sheridan playing host to number three in the Toronto. Also in 3A, Cheyenne East rated seconds will host Cheyenne South. Cheyenne Central will go to, uh, will host Campbell County. Laramie will host Rock Springs. And Kelly Walsh will be in Gillette to take on Thunder Basin. In 2A, Glen Rock on the road at Newcastle tomorrow. Burns will host Wheatland and 1A nine man on Friday. A big game as number one Pine Bluffs will host number three Linglefort Larry. And 1A six man Casper Christian will be an encampment on Saturday. Casey travels to Hewlett and Midwest will host Matizzi. College football, the Wyoming Cowboys with another big game. They'll be in Colorado Springs on Saturday night to meet the Air Force. The folks are coming off a really nice win over Fresno State on Saturday. And quarterback Andrew Peasley was named the Mountain West Conference Offensive Player of the Week. So the folks are 5-1 and one overall, 2-0 and oh in Mountain West play. The Falcons are 5-0. and oh. They started out the season with two wins over Cupcakes and then won three straight in the league play. Last week, they gouged San Diego State 49-10 to 10 with 400 176 yards of offense and threw the ball for 189 yards. That's a little bit weird considering they are a running team to the max. UW 10.5 point underdogs in the game. It's a 5 p.m. kickoff from Falcon Stadium on Saturday. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KOWB in Laramie. Our wildpreps.com athletes of the week have been announced. The girls' winner was Kate Walker from Mountain View for their volleyball team. Had 93 kills as the Buffaloes won all four, five of their matches last week. The boys' winner was Little Snake River football player Mason Jones who threw five TD passes in their win over in Cabin. Voting for next week's Player of the Week awards will start on Friday at 5 p.m. and run through Monday at 9 a.m. and get started on that with wildpreps.com and the Wildpreps mobile app. Major League Baseball in the playoffs first in the National League. The Los Angeles Dodgers won 100 games during the regular season and they were eliminated by Arizona in three straight games in the divisional round. The final 4-2 to two last night as the Diamondbacks hit four home runs in the first inning. Philadelphia beat Atlanta on the road 10-2. to The Phillies lead that best of five series two games to one. In the American League, Houston qualified for the championship series for the seventh year in a row. They beat Minnesota 3-2 to two to win that series three games to one. That's it in sports. So we're starting to line up who's going to be in the finals here. So we're getting there day by day. Day by day. Okay. Day how, how, by day. How far away is it? Uh, it'll be ball of next week. Uh-huh. And then it'll be... The World Series in baseball, that's uh-huh. what they say. The fall classic means it's October. That's that's what I'm saying here. We're, we're getting to the point now. We start deciding who's going to be at the final there and who's going to win this. And any prediction yet? Or I thought the win? Atlanta Braves would win the whole thing, and they're one game away from elimination. Wow. That goes back to what the thing about sports, Frank. You just never know. No, you know, no, no, no clue. It, that, it's not exactly set in stone. Although you, you you should deal in probabilities and not possibilities. I am I'm with you on that. Though I'm always fascinated when we have a team show up that has no chance in hell of winning, and they end up just clobbering the other team. It's, I, it's fascinating. It's always amazing. All right, thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business, we have to take care. You know, we'll have news time after that. National, local update on your weather forecast. Then we have a special guest, a Wyoming State representative from District 61, who has a bit of an optimistic opinion piece that he wrote. Just a dash of optimism. Among all the partisanship in Wyoming politics, if all goes well, he'll be on with us at 8.06, and we'll get into open phones. Wake up, Wyoming.
Bunny. Six of the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Depending on where you're listening across Wyoming, you're getting some rain, some snow. Uh, some of you are getting a bit of a retrieve. Don't believe it. It's a trap. You're going to get more rain or snow. Depending on your elevation right now, this is Canada testing out their winter weather machine. Just so you know. It's the first official test of it. The real storms happen later. All right. Now, when we get into politics, you might notice when you listen to programs like this, all of the drama that goes on. And most of it is just that. It's just drama. Every day when I go looking through the news at what I want to talk with you folks about, most of the stories I throw out because it's nonsense and useless drama, which gums up politics, which is one of the reasons why it's very difficult to get anything done, because we're electing essentially people who act like children. Daniel Singh is District 61 in the state of Wyoming, who's bringing us just a little bit of optimism. I hope, Daniel, thanks for coming on the program this morning. Am I wrong in my assessment that it's just like a bunch of children with useless drama? Uh, good, good morning. Um, wow, I wasn't uh, anticipating a, a, a direct interpretation there. Right. Well, I... Um, that's what I think of when I take a look at politics today is the endless squabbling, which to me really gets annoying, especially because there's so much squabbling and very little getting done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think the closest analogy that exists would be to a high school, Okay, uh, to be quite honest with you. If you get in trouble, uh, you get sent to the, the speaker's office, oh, yeah. right? Uh, you got to like show up on time and all this. I, d- I don't want to start off speaking negatively about the legislature. I okay. have so much respect for what our institution does and right. what we're what we're attempting to do. Um, and we are a historic legislature. We gave people the right. To, we gave women the right to vote. So I don't think that we need to tear down the walls of what we worked so hard to build here. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's incredibly important for us to at least try to get along. At least try to see where we have our differences and stand firm in our beliefs and work for something, work out something for the people. Okay. But, so then how do we do that? Because I, from my perspective, sitting here as a talk host every day, I notice that the media, and I include talk radio in that, just continues to add fuel to the fire rather than trying to make a situation where people can get together and get along and actually work problems out. That's true. Uh, and I mean, the apparatus by which the media operates, they're designed to generate a profit. Mm-hmm. So uh, if there are headlines that people like to see that are divisive or now more people are watching the news because of what's happening in Israel, for example, uh, conflict uh, draws an audience, but that doesn't create a solution. Right. So what do we do here? Well, what I what I've done... I've, I've tried my best to find ideas that can pull people together. Um, I've, I ran a, a simple little bill um, this last session. It was uh, decriminalizing vehicle idling. And it just simply stated that if you use your FOP to start your engine in the in the cold, that you wouldn't be criminally charged for that. <clears throat> and just a little thing like that. And from that, we're able to build relationships with each other uh 
just just as you would with any work colleague if you're able if you're willing to spend time with each other and hear somebody out even if they have a different lifestyle than you or a different set of beliefs than you uh, just sitting down and seeing where what we have in common I've found that 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 builds a fruitful relationship okay now I do find that there is a tendency among whether we're talking politics or even just social issues and so on for people to and I'm not sure with this this is I do believe this is learned if somebody disagrees then they get demonized rather than trying to figure out well why do you think that way I'm sorry can you repeat that I do notice that it and I think this is a learned behavior that people who disagree with each other tend to demonize each other rather than trying to figure out why the other person thinks the way they do. Yeah, and it's it's easier to belittle someone than to try to understand them. Okay. Uh, but I, I genuinely, I, from, I start with this basis. I believe that everyone who was elected, who was elected by their constituents, was chosen by their constituents to represent them. And because of that, it's my responsibility to respect them and everything that comes out of their mouths, interpret that to the best of my ability to a workable idea. Yeah. And if I can be a part of taking a good idea, but isn't it isn't framed well, or it doesn't have the right words, or there are a couple of complications to it, then I should I should be willing to take a good idea from from just the from a ball and run it to the finish line. Uh, that's the work that we do. And I, I didn't go there to cut up other people's dreams if they think there's a good idea here for Wyoming. Right. I do know that the House and Senate have very strict rules of operation. These very strict rules are to make sure that we act like ladies and gentlemen there we're not allowed to be rude and abusive to each other. And if somebody doesn't follow those rules, as you said, you get taken to the principal's office, and, and, and I would hope there's some detention involved. Yeah, you can you can be, if it's egregious enough, you can be stripped of your committee meetings, uh, which takes away the ability of your constituents to communicate ideas directly to the people when you're limited to just the session. Right. Now, just so people don't get the idea that this is anything new. So some years ago, I was brought to the House of Representatives. But at the time, it was Speaker of the House, Tom Lubnow. And he gave me a tour. And at the time, as a person would walk toward the House of Representatives, along the walls were these big framed pictures with photographs of past House of Representatives. Just one picture, all all the different members, you know, in, in single pictures in these big frames. One frame had a big tear in the middle of it. That was because the House of Representatives in Wyoming had gotten into, way back when, a screaming match that ended up in a brawl on the floor. And somebody had taken that picture and cracked it over somebody else's head, leaving the big tear in there. Now, that was – did you know about this at all? Oh yeah, okay. they keep that. They keep that right next to the the entryway. <laughs> yeah, they do that. Yeah, and that was actually stricken from the official record. But it was a reporter who went back and and wrote it up. Guess what happened in the house today? I haven't seen anything like that in a long time. But now and then, I do hear about different you know personal confrontations. So I do know there are some people who uh, 
I, I, I guess show up with a little bit of, of an attitude problem, I think, at times. I do know there are people like yourself who are actually looking to solve some problems. But then again, there's a member here and there that might show up where maybe they need an attitude adjustment. I'm not sure how we go about that, but there seems to be just a few troublemakers from my perspective. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, every school has bullies. Okay. And uh, I, I'm going. I'm getting pretty old here. Uh, in uh, 2025 will be my 10 year high school reunion, and uh, just reflecting on how you know how how do you deal with somebody who is isn't being isn't being polite. I guess is the right way to say this. Uh, can you turn this person into a friend? I know that when I when I ran my race, my my campaign, uh, there were two other folks that uh, were in the race with me, and uh, I've been court. I'm you know I'm friendly with both of them now, uh, but one of them is a is a dear friend of mine, and uh, I, I believe in relationship building. And you got you just have to be willing to go the distance, go the extra mile to build a relationship with anyone, mm. and that's just like your friend or your your work colleague, or in my case, uh, unfriendly politician. Right. We do even have, as far as ideological differences go, in some cases, you know, the idea isn't actually too far off. Even between Democrat and Republicans, they both want to solve the same problem, and their ideas are actually not that far off. In other times, though, we have ideologically a really big divide between not even just different parties, but within the party. I've noticed some big divides within the Republican Party as well, huge divides, that it's difficult for people to sit down and have a conversation about how to fix a problem when they can't even agree on what the problem is. Right. I agree. Uh, I'm I'm a member of the Laramie County Republican Party. Okay. And sometimes there are there are subtle disagreements in the crowd. And uh, we do our best to uh, keep things polite there. Um, but even one thing I appreciate, I love so much about America and Wyoming is that we exist in a society where we can freely exchange ideas and gather together and talk about things. Right. And I I believe that wholeheartedly, and I hope that that's shared amongst my Republican colleagues and everyone else that's listening. Um the we have these rights and part part of part of our civic duty is to respect the rights of others and if other people have a something controversial something that something that i think is just absurd i i don't agree with this at all you have the right to say it here and uh if we if we vote on it if we take a vote and the people agree that's just that is the society that we built for ourselves and even if sometimes things happen that uh, one core people, one core group of people disagree with, uh, they still have representation within the system, and I think it's important to fight for that. Okay. So now, you did mention in your article, which I thought was an interesting thing to mention, if you take a look at some European countries, they have more than just two parties. Mm Mm-hmm. Yet somehow, they they Uh, managed to get something done anyway. mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I was talking about Sweden in the uh, COVID nineteen situation, they uh, they have what is it six? But they have several different uh, parties within their legislature, 
and yet they were able to get through um, COVID-19 without having a mask mandate right. at all. Okay. Um, and so, and I mean, it doesn't always lead to stability, but uh, it takes it takes work. It takes commitment to make these things happen. You, you know, an easy government would be to be ruled by a despot who right. controls things from the top and tells us what to do. But we are actively engaged in our own government, and that takes... That takes a level of engagement from everyone, and uh, if you're if you've been elected as a as a representative or a senator or w- whatever capacity, it's it's your job to be able to work with the other parts of that apparatus to right. produce something for the people. I have so noticed. Well, in in my time in doing talk radio, which has been you know quite a bit of time, I have noticed. That those people who tend to be, as you were saying a moment ago, the bullies, you know, using that word, are the ones who get the least done. Oh, they make a whole lot of noise, but because they have cut off anyone who might have been on their side, then when they go to introduce a bill, no one even wants to talk to them about it. They get very little done, as opposed to those people who actually know how to build relationships. Yeah, I mean, there are certain there are certain uh, traits that you want in in somebody that represents you. So, being able to clearly articulate your idea, or loudly or passionately, that may be something. But if you're unable to make those connections and unable to try to see somebody uh, see a different viewpoint than your own, it's going to be really difficult to be a successful legislator. Um, I. Simply, simply because you represent a variety of constituents. Mm. So, if you, like, I live in a, I live in Cheyenne, Wyoming. So, of course, there's going to be more people who are liberally minded, uh, more libertarians here uh, in the in the mix of all the people that I represent. And so, I have to be mindful of how can I make those ideas mesh well with my personal beliefs. Right. All right. Daniel Singh, good article. Thanks for coming on this morning. I appreciate your time. Sure, thank you. 8:20. Wake up Wyoming. Local and mobile across Wyoming and beyond with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 10:30 K2 Radio. 825 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It depends on where you are. Let me see. Sparky is over by Pathfinder. He says snowing really hard. Heidi John Granite Canyon sun's out right now. Don't believe it. It's a trap. You will get more of this stuff. It's looping around on you, coming back up from behind. Depends on where you are. It really does. Uh, let me see. There was uh, Kevin Dead Chief, Redland in Jeffrey City. He sent me a picture. They were getting some snow in Jeffrey City. Just, again, depends on where you are right now. So it's a mix of things. Expect that throughout the day. Don Day, though, promises us a really nice weekend. With much cooler temperatures. All right. The most dangerous part of the program every single day is when I open up the phones. Warning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. (coughs) Dave. (coughs) All right. Strap in. 
and let's do this thing. Triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Now, oftentimes, when I mention a climate story for you, and you're going to love this one because it has to do with people just completely freaking out. I mean, honestly, just a com- those people who uh, a Karen would look at and go, "Damn, that kind of a person." All right. Then you'll understand why even a Greta Thunberg would look at who I'm about to talk to you about and go, holy cow, what is wrong with that person? I mean, this is too much for Greta. But speaking of Greta, you're in a dance hall, hands held high, sweating to the music. Big screen televisions up above with Greta's angry face looking at you. How dare you? So, okay, this is Australian feminist. And, well, they're weeping over you white men out there who do not love the idea of man-made climate change. It's all your fault because you're a white guy. Don't look at me that way. That's what, no, it's what they say, okay? Turns out there is a journal, the author says, and I promise this is true, called Australian Feminist Studies. And in this journal is a so-called peer-reviewed, which I doubt, study about um, colored hair, breasts, things like this. And climate misogyny. Yes, climate misogyny, gender politics and ignorance, and climate denial. In an interview with the author of this, according to her official bio and, and story... Uh, they've engaged in long-term research of both the U.S.-based religious right and white nationals, which makes them officially ignorant on the subject of physics. But okay, uh, they do not appear to have any knowledge about actually how the climate works. But it's a feminist journal, so you got to kind of go with it. Anyway, they have a story categorized, uh, and oh boy, there's all sorts of. They've written several papers on this where they find that you white guys out there, you just hate the idea of humans causing climate change and you don't think it's true. And because of that, well, uh, in reality, uh, they say, uh, climate change, of course, has nothing to do with gender. But they think that women care much more about the climate than you men do, especially you white males out there. So, you know... How dare you? And they go into complete meltdown mode about it. Though I doubt berating you about it is going to change your mind. Just tossing that out there. Coming up on 830. Wake up, Wyoming. Listen to Glenn Woods anywhere you roam with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Thirty-six the time. It's wake up Wyoming and triple eight ninety-seven Woods is the phone number. It's open phones right now, so it doesn't matter what I'm talking about. You can change the subject if you want. Eight 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 ninety-seven W O O D S. There's gonna be a meeting tonight that has to do with the power rates here in the state of Wyoming. If they get raised and by how much? Tony Locke is on the phone with me. Good to hear from you again. So we got a meeting tonight, right? 
Yes, we do, Glenn. Thank you. Um, we have a, a Public Services Commission meeting this evening at the Thyra Thompson Building here in Casper, the state building, at from 5.30 to 7.30. And it's on the Rocky Mountain Power rate hike request that is going to impact, uh, of course, people in Natrona County and a very large portion of Wyoming. So I just want to make sure people are aware that meeting's happening, and here's their opportunity to be heard and make sure the commission hears their concerns. Is there a way, there have been with some other meetings, for people to join if they're outside of the Natrona County area, they can go ahead and get online? Absolutely. There's actually the opportunity to join via Zoom, or you can join via phone as well. So um, if you want this data, you certainly can go to, you can get the meeting notice from the Wyoming Public Services Commission website, of course, However, if you would like to get that data, there's I actually have it in one of the events on my page at lock4yo.com. So it's L-O-C-K-E-W-Y, or excuse me, L-O-C-K-E-F-O-R-W-Y-O.com, and just go to the events page there, and it'll it'll be right there for you. Okay. So yeah, bro, yeah. doesn't matter where you are in the state of Wyoming, you can go ahead in one way or another. And get in on this meeting because I know not everybody can just go ahead and pack up, especially because we got some, you know, weather coming in, especially the higher elevations. You betcha. But it's a good idea to attend this meeting. Now we've had several around the state, and I don't think this is the last one. Isn't it something like the 25th or the 28th when they have the last meeting? Yes, they have one final meeting in Cheyenne coming up. Could can't remember the exact date, but yes, one last meeting. But you're absolutely right. Wherever you are, please jump in, have your voices heard, and make sure the commission knows where you stand on this topic. Okay. Now, a couple Very of important. just pointers for people. Although it's tempting to jump up and say, you suck, don't do it. That would be bad. Absolutely. Also, and <laughs> this is Judy Jones, who's from the Mills area. She points out that if everybody's saying the exact same thing, well, it's not really getting anywhere. Try to think of a way to phrase an argument against this that's not the same thing that they've heard over and over again. So businesses, how they're impacted, individuals, farms, ranches, of course, stuff like that, bigger industries as well. I mean, just go through the gamut, grocery prices, sending kids to school, whatever you can think of to make a different kind of an argument as to why this doesn't work. This is absolutely right, and we've tried to really get people to think through these different areas. There's been some great research done by a number of people. But you're absolutely right. Make sure you you uh, stay calm, respectful. Um, nothing wrong with being passionate. Just don't be angry. That's right. the most important thing. Right. They because they that doesn't they don't want to hear you if you're angry. But they but they definitely want to hear the Wyoming people's concerns. Okay. So, Send them absolutely. to your website again. What's that address? So it's lock4yo.com, L-O-C-K-E-F-O-R-W-Y-O.com, and just go to the events page, and you'll be able to get all the details. And that will include the Zoom and the telephone uh, links as well. Okay. Hey, Tony, could you give me a call, uh, if you have an opportunity, about this time tomorrow to give me an update on how you think the meeting went? Absolutely. Will do. Love to hear from you. All right. Thank you, Tony. I appreciate Perfect. it. Perfect. Uh, 888 Woods, the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. So I'm going to give you a slightly different topic on this one. Now, you've heard me um, 
make the case in so many different ways as to what I believe on the climate change issue, right? I'm going to give you something completely different. I really, I love living in this day and age. Can't wait to see what's coming next. Where technology is allowing us to do things that, can you imagine? We have sent satellites to comets and the satellite lands on a comet, takes a sample, brings it back to Earth. I mean, holy cow. Talk about the logistics of that being difficult. I, wow, that's incredible. We've done it. Now, there's a, a uh, just a big chunk of rock out there, an asteroid. And scientists sent recently a rocket to that asteroid, landed on it, did some study of what makes up the asteroid, took a sample. Sample came back to Earth. Now, there is a, this lovely young lady is an astrophysicist. And she was explaining because when it landed back, it landed in a desert here in America. And they went and picked up the container, brought it back to a sterile area where they could open up the container and find what's inside that makes up the asteroid. And there's something in there that I heard that I thought, oh, wow, what this young lady is saying, this astrophysicist is saying, is something that the cult of climate change would love to silence her on. Here we go. Hey, guess what? If you say chicken butt aliens. No, not that one. We didn't find any aliens out there. (sighs) This has to do with the asteroid. Come on. Okay, so the asteroid came back to the desert area. Breaking space news, they found water on the asteroid. During a seven-year mission called OSIRIS-REx, NASA took a sample from a giant asteroid called Bennu and brought it back to Earth. It landed a couple of weeks ago, and today... They revealed what was inside. Based on their first analysis called Quick Look, they found that the OSIRIS-REx sample is the biggest carbon-rich asteroid sample ever brought to Earth. So it's carbon-rich and it also has water in clay minerals. So it also has boron, sulfur, iron, and oxygen. Water and high carbon content together indicate the building blocks for life as we know it. Hold on. Did you hear that? In fact, I'm going to see if I can back that up and play that last. Sulfur, iron, and oxygen. Uh Water and high carbon content together indicate the building blocks for life as we know it. Okay, water and... Sulfur, iron, and oxygen. Right. Uh Water and high carbon content together indicate the building blocks for life as we know it. Okay, for life as we know it, what do we need? Water, life as we know it, right? We need water. And we need carbon. You are a carbon-based life form. Life on this planet is carbon-based. Not only do we need it in the soil, but we need it in you and me and other living things. There is no such thing as carbon pollution. CO2 floating around our air is also part of this. That's why CO2 works so well as an airborne plant fertilizer. CO2 is necessary for life on this planet. Without CO2, this is a dead planet. Okay? That's why more CO2 in the atmosphere is actually not just greening the planet, according to NASA. The planet is getting greener. And most of that CO2 does not come... By the way, the, the, big, the big jump in CO2 over the last few hundred years, even before we got industrialized as human beings, 
that jump in CO2 didn't come from us. Oh, yeah, we have contributed, but most of it doesn't come from human activity. But more CO2 in the atmosphere is good for life on this planet. In fact, it's making the planet greener and cooler because a greener planet helps cool down the planet. So wake up, Wyoming. Want to talk to Glenn? Call 888-97-WOODS or chat him on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Eight forty-eight is the time. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino is standing by. Okay, Frank. Couple of car chases for you. Okay, I'm ready. Now, I, I have to say, just to be fair, while police officers will never say this out loud, but they will mumble it to you in private. Mm-hmm. Let's face it: when a cop gets into a car chase, that's why he became a cop. They, they, they'll tell you that in private. In private, they would never say that out loud. So, let me see. There's a pursuit here in Wyoming. The highway patrol went down the interstate chasing the guy in a motorcycle. 100, yeah. 136 miles an hour. On I-80. Uh, let me make sure I got the highway. I'm looking for where the interstate is here. Uh doesn't mention. I thought, I thought it was I-80. It probably was. Yeah, I don't There's see... There's too it. many goofballs on I-80 to begin with. Yeah, well, okay. And, you know... Uh, they should call it the goofball highway. Sure. Here's my theory on this. Every so often, somebody on I-80 gets pulled over because their car doesn't have registration plates. It's going too fast. It obviously is too heavily loaded. And they pull the car over, and there's drugs in it, right? It's well, amazing how, that, yes. how they can figure that Gosh. out. I think... How do they figure that out? No, see, I think the drug dealers... Go ahead and hire the dumbest people they can find. That way, when the cop pulls over that car, three semi-trucks full of drugs drove by, <laughs> unnoticed by the cop. Yeah. At normal speeds, looking perfectly fine. That, I think that's a strategy. I really do. Now, let's go to Idaho. Bandits led police on a high-speed chase over $38 in frozen chicken strips. 38 bucks. Yeah, over chicken strips. They uh, broke some stuff, broke into a store, basically grabbed the chicken strips. So they were hungry, I guess. Yeah, and they were fleeing. Yes, and they were fleeing the and they get into a high-speed train. During the pursuit, the deputy notes the vehicle was only clearly visible when its brake lights were illuminated because they were chasing in the rain and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know. All of this over chicken strips. chicken strips, yeah. Now, I would bet. Maybe I'm going out on a limb. If these people were really hungry, they could have gone to the police station and said, I have not eaten in like two days and I'm really hungry. You guys, can you get me to where there's some help? And the, police, and, and, and the cops would say, hey, we have some chicken strips right here in the refrigerator. We have donuts in the back room. You want a donut? We got donuts for you. Have as many as you want. I mean, come on, Frank. The cops will go ahead and help them out. Of course they will. Our WyoPreps.com High School Athletes of the Week have been announced. The girls' winner was Kate Walker from Mountain View. Uh, the volleyball team there who had 93 kills as the Buffaloes won all five of their matches this past week. The boys' winner was Little Snake River football player Mason Jones who threw five TD passes in their victory over encampment last week. Voting for this next week's Player of the Week, uh, boys and girls, was 
start at 5 p.m. on Friday and run through Monday at 9 a.m. Get started on WildPreps.com and the WildPreps mobile app. College football, the Wyoming Cowboys have another huge game. Is On Saturday, they will be in Colorado Springs to meet the Air Force. Folks are coming off a very nice win over Fresno State on Saturday, and quarterback Andrew Peasley was named the Mountain West Conference Offensive Player of the Week. They're 5-1 and one overall, 2-0 and oh in Mountain West Conference play. The Falcons are 5-0 and oh and started the season with two wins over Cupcakes and then won three straight in league play. Last week, they gouged San Diego State 49 to 10 with 476 yards of offense and threw the ball for 189 yards. That's a little bit weird considering that Air Force is primarily a big time running team. UW 10 and a half point underdogs in the game. It's a 5 p.m. kick from Falcon Stadium on Saturday. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KOWB in Laramie. Tomorrow, another round of high school football around the state. There's only two regular season weeks remaining. In the big game in 4A, we'll have number one Sheridan playing host to number three in Detrona. Also in 3A, Cheyenne East rated second will host Cheyenne South. Cheyenne Central will host Campbell County. Laramie will host Rock Springs. And Kelly Walsh will be on the road in Gillette to take on Thunder Basin. In 2A, Glen Rock will be at Newcastle. Burns will host Wheatland and 1A Nyman on Friday in a huge game. Number one, Pine Bluffs will host number three, Lingle Fort Laramie. And in 1A, six-man on Friday, Casper Christian will be at Encampment. On Saturday, KC travels to Hewlett and Midwest will host Matitzi. Major League Baseball playoffs in the National League. The Los Angeles Dodgers, who won 100 games during the regular season, are out. They were eliminated by the Arizona Diamondbacks in three straight games, the final 4-2 to two last night, as the D-backs hit four home runs in the first inning. Philadelphia beat Atlanta on the road 10-2. The Phillies lead that best-of-five series two games to one. The Braves have won 104 games this year. In the American League, Houston qualified for the championship series in the AL for the seventh year in a row. They beat Minnesota 3-2 to two to win that series three games to one, so Houston will play the Texas Rangers in the American League Championship Series, and that's it in sports. So I was just looking at I'm going to start another one for next year. Remember last year, I started stealing photos from your Wild Pups yes. photo fest, and I put together a gallery of the most unique, wow, look at that picture. I was just taking a look at your photo fest, not just for football that you have in Wild Pups, but volleyball as well. Oh, look at their eyes. Oh, man. There look are, at their eyes. Oh, there are some intense pictures there and some really unique poses that you'll only find in sports when someone's jumping high, mm-hmm. desperately trying to get the ball, something like that. So I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm making a note for myself here. I'm going to start another one for 2024. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the year, I'll say here are the most unique on wild preps. Because I think that's just, it's fun just to see, I, I would say, over-the-top, incredible, intense sports photos. The eyes have it. They do. Let's wake up my own. Nine oh six the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Triple eight ninety seven Woods the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Trigger warning. Warning, this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee. 
and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. I'd like you to take a look at something, if you would, for me. I know Miss Mary's going to alert this out at some point, but... All right, so there is on the Wake Up Wyoming site a picture of what is supposed to be a... Well, hang on. <laughs> I'm, I'm answering Miss Mary. Uh, okay, make sense of that one. <clears throat> anyway, a picture of Bigfoot and a video of Bigfoot. Now, this is supposed to happen a Cheyenne couple was in Colorado, and they were on a tourist train, essentially. And while going through a mountainous area, they, is that Bigfoot? And they go ahead and shoot video of it. It's gone viral all over the place. When I take a look at the video, to me, it is obviously a guy in a costume pulling a prank, which I admire him for. Okay. Take a look at it. It's on the Wake Up Wyoming site. Miss Mary will alert it out at some point. Linda's in Cheyenne. Hello, Linda. Good morning, Glenn. How are you? Good. What you got for me? Well, I wanted to comment, follow up a little bit on what Daniel Singh said earlier um, about working across the board um, with people that maybe don't have the same ideas as you do, but there's always a nugget in there someplace. Right. Um, you know, I, I in my <clears throat> third term as county commissioner down here, and one of the things that I've always said is when I get a call for a road complaint, the road doesn't care if the caller is a Republican or a Democrat. It still needs fixed. Right. So that being said, without conversation, without discussion, our legislative process dies. And sure. nobody's going to be getting everything they want. That there's going to have to be some give and take, and we're going to have to meet someplace in the middle. And like in Senator Enzi always said, if we can work on the 80% that we agree on and get some work done there, we can always continue talking about the 20% we disagree on. Sure. I do agree with you that when it comes to even the Wyoming legislative end of it, which uh, they're not necessarily dealing with the local issues you are, but they are dealing with uh, a lot of issues, things that just need, need to get done as far as making sure the streets are paved and, you know, the lights are on and stuff like that. That is most of the work that never really gets the publicity. Most of the stuff they vote on will never make the news because it's boring to the news. And, of course, they want to make, and I include, again, talk radio on that. You want the topics in the news that get people to click and share and like and stuff like that. That's how news is done. So the boring stuff usually goes unseen and gets voted on quickly. It's the big topics that gets all the drama going. And I think I can – I put the blame in, in two different places. One of them is media. And, and I include podcasts and talk radio as well as news media in there. They have to stir controversy, right? The other side of that would also be those people who show up in the Wyoming House and Senate who are, frankly, the voters pick someone who's more into drama than getting stuff done, is my opinion. You know, I think what's happened in recent years, and, you know, I know a lot of these guys and have talked to them in the legislature, but I think a lot of what has happened is people are fed up mm. and they are inclined to vote for a candidate perhaps that is as fed up as they are. Right. Um, 
And at that point in time, you know, I know when I get tired and I get cranky, conversation at my house starts to get a little stilted and tense. Yeah. And I think we find some of that um, also in our legislative bodies. And I'm not going to just say Wyoming. I'm the national level as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, we fail to realize that harmony doesn't exist any place except in utopia. Right. A constant harmony and we don't live in utopia man is not perfect and we're going to have differences of opinions because our life experiences are different um you know we should always be learning about the world around us we're always going to be experiencing new things which means that our attitudes may be changing and yeah that might lead to some of the fed up attitude that we find with uh, a lot of the citizens I understand it. I can feel their frustrations. I understand it myself because there's times when I want to say, just pitch a fit like a two-year-old stomp my feet and, you know, let the steam off. But when it comes to legislation and, and the legislative process, we have to be able to have a conversation. And that means being able to talk across the table to some people that maybe ideology, ideologically we do not agree with, but... We've got to find solutions. We've got to um, solve the problems that we have, whether it's at you know municipal governments, whether it's county governments, whether it's state or whether it's federal governments. There has to be conversation because the legislative process dies. And then we also have to realize that just because we think something might be a good idea in our head doesn't right. mean that it no. always is. Right. Well, and of course you've, with enough life experience, you've figured this out, I would hope. If you want something done, if you get up in somebody else's face and they're just an obnoxious jerk, you're not going to get what you want. No. Yeah. I think, you know, parents could even relate that to their kids. and their kids pitch a temper fit and get ugly and nasty with us, do we give in or do we hold the line? Right. Yeah. See, I have... And, does there, and where, what happens to communication at that point in time? Right. I have a policy I developed a while ago. If somebody wants something from me, it doesn't guarantee that they're going to get it. But if they are civilized, they have a much better chance. The moment they get in my face about it, I'll just flat out tell them, you you probably could have worked with me on this, but then you decided to be a jerk. And so, no, you're not going to get what you want. It's over. Bye. Done. And I just shut the door at that point because I won't put up with it. So I think we are dealing with some of that, too. Voters out there, be careful who you vote for. Just because they have the passion that you want doesn't mean they can get something done. Exactly. All right. Thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Off we go to Cheyenne. Good morning. How are you this morning, Glenn? Yeah, what you got for me? little example of media bias this morning was quite interesting. Instead of turning your radio show on this morning, I turned on, uh, I told Alexa to play headline news. Right. And it hooked me up with NPR. Okay. And listening to NPR's take on what's happening in Israel right now made it look like the Palestinians are the victims. Um. The reporting was so blatantly one-sided that it was clear that uh, the, the Gaza Strip being blockaded was an attack on Palestine from the Israelis and the Palestinians they interviewed were, were victims of, a, of an aggression by Israel. I thought the media bias was just yeah. beyond the pale. When I take a look at what Hamas did, 
I'm sorry, especially, you know, again, beheading kids and rape and, you know, things like that. Going into that youth concert and just mowing them down with machine gun fire. When I take a look at things like that, there is absolutely no excuse whatsoever for what they did. And it's indefensible as far as I'm concerned. So anybody who may have wanted to make an argument for any kind of Palestinian oppression, at this point, they've lost the argument after what Hamas did, and I would like to see more of that coverage. I mean, you want to make a Palestinian argument, fine, but let's do it after you're done dealing with Hamas. Yes, it's very clear that Hamas and Hezbollah, the aggressors here, yeah. and attacked Israel. But to hear NPR talk, yeah. uh, the Palestinians are the, the, the victims of Israeli yeah. aggression. I couldn't believe it. That's what you get for tuning into NPR. I'm just, just tossing it out there. I won't do that again. Yeah, okay. I won't make that mistake again. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thanks for calling. 916, wake up my own. Wake up, Wyoming. Glenn Woods is live on AM 1030 K2 Radio and the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Twenty-one's the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Yeah, still some rain, snow, depending on where you are. And if you're thinking, okay, it's pretty much done, uh, it's looping back around. So you're going to get more of that. That's your weather forecast for a little while here. Not that we don't need the wet. Certainly it is cooling us down. Our triple eight ninety seven was the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Let me see. What we'll have to figure technology? Um, let me see. Uh, says. Auto. Just answering Miss Mary. <clears throat> okay. Uh, I started with this this morning. I want to back up a little bit and do it again for those people who were not with me right at 6 o'clock in the morning. Because this is one of those duh stories. Now, some time ago, I had a thing going on. This, ra- this radio program was somewhere else in, at another place, right? Still in syndication, but somewhere else. And at the time, if I ever was right about something, then I would go ahead and call one of the ladies from the office into the studio, get her in front of the mic, and have her admit that I was right about something. See, because no man is correct until a woman admits it. And so I would have on the air, live on the air, a woman admit that I was right. Then you knew I was actually right about something. Until a woman admits it, there's no way I'm correct. Come here to this iteration of my program. And my first producer, the lady Alex, I mentioned that uh, doing that to her and she said, not a chance. I'm never going to get on the air and admit that you're right about anything. So you can just forget it. Miss Mary is the same way. I love Miss Mary to death, but she's just not going to do it. And so you're just going to have to take, unless some lady out there wants to call in and, and help me out here, I'm going to point out that I was right about something. But it's not officially true until a woman admits it. Here's a story called Surprise, Customers Tired of Complaining About Companies Preaching to Them. It's a, it's a survey that was done, a poll, if you will, of customers And it turns out, much like the whole Bud Light controversy, to name one. As soon as companies decide to get all preachy on social and political issues, customers get turned off. And it doesn't matter what the issue is or point of view is. In some cases, according to this study, even if the customer agrees with the social or political stance, 
they get turned off from buying that product. For example, you want to buy, let's say you're in the mood for potato chips. You want to go buy potato chips. Do you really want potato chips that has some slogan on the can that preaches a certain political or social point of view? I bet you just wanted potato chips, didn't you? Which is why when Budweiser started taking, a, and even Disney taking particular points of view, in football when, here, okay, here they are taking a knee, you know, whatever the case is. And once again, it doesn't matter if you agree with the point of view, you just didn't want to hear it because you just wanted to watch a ball game on TV. You just wanted a can of potato chips. You wanted a stinking beer. Can I just drink my beer in peace, please? So most customers get turned off by companies preaching at them. Here's the part of the study. Consumers' desire for companies to weigh in on current events and different topics has fallen. And they they use the example of Bud Light. Now, this was a study done by Gallup the polling agency, and Bentley University. And they notice the number of Americans who actually think, oh, I'm glad they stand for that, is a very low number. There are some people who like virtue signaling. You're watching a commercial, let's say, for a product, and there's a whole lot of virtue signaling going on in the commercial for whatever, again, social or political or whatever point of view. And the moment people see virtue signaling happening, like, oh, God. Not only about you. I'm not a big, oh, DJ from Gillette. No, 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 no. DJ from Gillette is not going to call the pro. She used to do that. DJ used to call, she used to come into the studio. You're right. But she, no. Steve and Cheyenne, NFL players, taking a knee. Morning, Steve. Hey, good morning, Glenn. Great hearing you. Uh, I just heard you talk about the NFL players taking a knee, and, you know, the whole country are part of them. You know, they all uh, agreed with him and supported him or whatnot. However, yeah. when Tim Tebow did it, oh, they all went crazy. Oh, he said, yeah. oh, he can't do it. Yeah. So that was hypocrisy. Oh, yeah. See, he took a knee because he was he's very religious, and so he was thanking his Lord for, you know, even just the privilege of playing football, not so much making a touchdown. But, no, you can't do that. But if you take the knee over some other liberal social issue, well, that's acceptable, right? Well, not according to the fans. You saw how the fans reacted to it. Oh, yeah, I saw some guy burn a really super expensive jacket, oh, uh, like $150. Yeah. When I, and when they take a knee, uh, I don't. I haven't watched right. NFL for the, since they did that because I'm a 31-year veteran of the Navy, right. and I'm going... You know, like it, you know, yeah. yeah. You go to North Korea. I mean, they would really well, like to have you. Would you agree with me when Tim Tebow took a knee? It had nothing to do with the sport or the fans or anything like that. That was a personal thing between him and his God. Yeah. As opposed to someone taking a knee who's trying to send a message to all of us. I think there's a big difference there. That's what why fans didn't mind one but had a problem with the other. In in my opinion. Oh, yeah. And when the uh, L.A. Dodgers had the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, I, I called oh. them up and I said, can you just play baseball? I don't yeah, care about this. Just play baseball. Play baseball, yeah. All right. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate it. Now, if, if the sisters that he just pointed out want to go ahead and protest something, do that. Go ahead. Put on your costumes. Get out there protest. If that's what you want to do, you know, go right ahead. But the moment you inject yourself into a sporting event, that's when the fans are going, oh, come on, can we just play ball? 
So here's a study that shows exactly what I was talking about, according to a survey of just customers in general. People who want to buy potato chips just want potato chips. Please do not virtue signal on the can of chips or on your television commercial or in your ads and whatever other kind of media. Can we just sell potato chips? Hey, beer companies, can we just sell beer? Uh, Whatever it might be. This is what I've been saying to companies all along. Whatever it might be that you do, just do that. If you want to get involved in something socially or politically, do it on your own time. Keep your customers out of it, okay? Because people are just sick of it. 929 is time. Coming up on 930. Local news coming your way. Update on your weather forecast right after that. Wake up, Wyoming. Start your day the right way. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Nine thirty six of time. Wake up, Wyoming. All right. Good calls today. So triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number 888-97-WOODS. I just came across an article this morning. I really have not talked much about what's been happening, Gaza Strip, Israel, Palestine, all of that, you know, and Hamas. I did come across this headline this morning, which I think the headline itself, to me, says it all, sums up my opinion on this whole thing. Headline is, it doesn't actually matter why they hate us. This is what I said when the whole attack occurred. You can go ahead, because I've heard people, and we did get the call from uh, Steve, who accidentally tuned into NPR and, and got a leftist point of view. One of the reasons why they just need to be defunded entirely and go private. If they want to be a private radio TV network that offers a leftist opinion, go ahead. But they do it on the taxpayer's dime, you know, so just enough. All right, so no matter what your opinion is on the Gaza Strip, you know, Palestinians, Hamas, whatever. Nothing can excuse what happened last Saturday. There's absolutely nothing that can excuse that. So for the world to be horrified over this, well, obviously, and there's no reason. Did you see the, uh, in fact, wait here, I got the audio of it. Talib, the congresswoman, being chased by the reporter the other day. Terrorists have um, cut off babies' heads and burned children alive. Do you support Israel's rights to defend themselves against this brutality? We're just going to go through here. You can't comment about Hamas terrorists chopping off babies' heads? Congresswoman, do you have a comment on Hamas terrorists chopping off babies' heads? You have nothing to say about Hamas terrorists chopping off babies' heads? Do you condone... While this was going on, the congresswoman is almost running down the hallway. When she gets to the end of the hallway, she's at an elevator, and she sticks her face in the corner of the elevator door waiting for it to open. Why do you have a Palestinian flag outside your office if you do not condone what Hamas terrorists have done to Israel? Do Israeli lives not matter to you? Okay, so this is where even a congresswoman like... She has been called out multiple times on saying very anti-Semitic things. All right, so she's a Palestinian 
supporter. Okay, fine. She supports Palestine. Fine. Okay. She thinks Israel is the one being abusive. If that's her opinion, go right ahead. That, it, fine. It doesn't Nothing can excuse this. If you want to go ahead and fight back against what you think is oppression, fight back against oppression. I'm with you. Sounds like a great idea. Go for it. Nothing can excuse what Hamas did. And when you take a look at the atrocities that happened in this attack, nothing can excuse what Hamas did. And so Israel has every right to be mad as hell. Um editing my language because it's what I'd really like to say. And then going after the way that they are, I completely get it. I understand. Because it's not just a matter of revenge, although I'm sure that's a big part of it, but it's not just a matter of revenge. They need to make sure this isn't going to happen again. There's no way they can tolerate that level of terror. Any terror is bad, but that level of it they got to make sure that this isn't going to happen again. And the only way they can really do that is to go in and wipe out Hamas. They they have to. So the, And that's just self-defense. Now, real quick, I'm going to be interested to see how they handle this. Because now that they've cut off the Gaza Strip, Israel's... First off, I, I did learn yesterday that when Hamas pushed out of the Gaza Strip, they staged weapons. They took an area outside of Gaza. They captured it. And they staged a bunch of weapons for an assault. They wanted to capture more territory and keep it. Well, Israeli soldiers quickly pushed back, got them within inside the border of the Gaza Strip, and found all those weapons stashes. And, well, now that belongs to Israel. So, now what? Where news media never understands, because they don't know how military operates, especially someone as good as the Israeli military... There's It's not just the buildings, because you keep hearing, well, they're going to have to go in building by building, and there's so many buildings. And then there's all of these tunnels. I mean, dear Lord, the network of tunnels, we don't even know where they all are. And they're going to have to go through every single tunnel and root all these people out. My thought is probably not. If you don't think outside the box, then the only way to do this is to go room by room, tunnel by tunnel, you know, from the big buildings to the tunnels underneath one little room at a time, step by step. If you're someone who doesn't really think strategically and you just do a straight-out assault. But a clever commander will look at this and think, you know, there's a different way to do this. And we did this. One of the things we did, now they're not going to be able to do this in their situation, but in Afghanistan, remember that bomb called Moab Massive Ordnance Air Burst? A bunch of Taliban had gotten up into an area, a, a hillside area that was filled with caves. It was it's sort of a horseshoe curve area filled with caves. And we would have to go in cave by cave, which means we would lose a lot of guys to root out their guys. Instead, we dropped a bomb in the center of that horseshoe outside that sent a shockwave through that sucked all the oxygen out of those caves and killed everybody inside. Never had to go in. Now, of course, there were people who were shocked and horrified that we did such a thing. Strategically, it made a lot of sense. We never had to go in. We took care of them from the outside. I'm waiting to see what Israel does here because they are, they're good. They're really good. They've learned a lot over the years. They're really good. Do they have a clever solution for this? Forget what the media says. I'm waiting to see what they do. 943, wake up one. Everything you need.
need to start the morning. News, weather, and a pocket full of opinions. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. 48 is the time. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to the icebox. Frank Gambino is waiting by. Strangest story of the week was just sent to me by Miss Mary. Oh, what does she find? Okay, so a robotic wolf could be coming to Colorado. He's a to, robot. To protect us from bears. Oh. Yeah. It's kind of like one of those like those fake birds that they mm, put out. To sure. Yeah. Away and so stuff. this thing, first off, if they're going to make a robotic wolf... Could you at least make it look more like a wolf? Because this thing just looks stupid. Well, no, no, you know, yeah. I, I think what's more important is as I don't care what it looks like. Yeah. What does it sound like? Well, okay, oh. there's the thing. Yeah, it has a speaker with it. It's got a head that turns, so it makes all sorts of noises and so on. And uh, it's got some ugly-looking teeth and glowing eyes and stuff like that. So, yeah, if bears are nearby, this thing starts acting like an aggressive wolf and making all sorts of noises. And the bears go away. And will scare the bear away. Okay. You've got to go. I think what I'll do here, I'll send you this story. Uh, Miss Mary, if I'm right, is this one of our websites here? I think I can go ahead and write this up for our site. Or do we just share it? Anyway, she'll let me know. I'm looking at this, and I just think if you're going to do this, Frank, I'm all for it. I think it's a great idea. Can we have something that actually looks like a real wolf and not like something that came out of a B-rated horror movie? Do the bears know the difference? Probably not. but I may, I think maybe they do. Okay. I, they, I think more, more than anything else, that, that robot wolf needs to smell like a wolf. I, well, yeah, but also look like a damn wolf because well, I can just imagine a bear looking at this going, this just looks like something out of a cheap B movie. Am I supposed to buy into this thing? Yeah, and then they'll knock the robot over. Yeah. And then it'll be going, oh, into the dirt. Right. And nobody will hear it. Nobody will. The bears will. won't hear no, it. And they'll, they'll be like, you know, no. what is this? Come yeah. on. If you're going to spend, now here's another thing. Forget the bears for a moment. If you're going to sell this thing, which is what they intend to do, they want to sell it. To Colorado, they'll be up in Wyoming talking to farmers and ranchers here too. You want to sell this thing? You probably want to make it look like an actual wolf, not this pathetic-looking thing that it looks like. I mean, doesn't this company have a budget here? I mean, come on, maybe that's the problem, Frank. They don't have a decent budget to put together a good-looking wolf. We'll need to find if it's effective in the first place. Okay. If it is, they can just put a speaker out there. I'm sure they could, yeah. With a recording of like, woo! Let's see. Uh, one of Colorado's sites is, okay. Miss Mary has cross-posted this to the Wake Up Wyoming site. Frank, I sent you a link to it. Okay. You'll be the judge. Sweet. College football, the Wyoming Cowboys with another gigantic game. They'll be in Colorado Springs on Saturday night to meet the Air Force. Folks are coming off a really nice win over Fresno State on Saturday. Quarterback Andrew Peasley was named the Mountain West Conference Offensive Player of the Week. So they're 5-1 and one overall, 2-0 and oh in Mountain West play. The Falcons are 5-0. and oh, Started the season with two wins over Cupcakes and then won three straight in the league play. Last week, they gouged San Diego State 49-10 with 476 yards of offense and threw the ball for 189. That's kind of a high for a team that prior primarily runs the football. UW 10.5 point underdogs. That's a 5 p.m. kick from Falcon Stadium on Saturday. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KOWB in Laramie. In high school football tomorrow, two regular season weeks remaining in 4A on Friday. Number one, Sheridan will host number three, Natrona. Number two, Cheyenne East rated uh, will take on Cheyenne South. 
Cheyenne Central will host Campbell County. Laramie will host Rock Springs. And Kelly Walsh will be in July to take on Thunder Basin. Also on Friday in 2A, Glenrock looking for their first win of the year. They'll be at Newcastle. Burns will host Wheatland and won a nine-man on Friday. A big game as number one Pine Bluffs will host number three Lingle Ford Laramie. And in six-man on Friday, Casper Christian will be an encampment. On Saturday, KC travels to Hewlett. And Midwest will host Batizzi. Our WyoPreps.com High School Athletes of the Week have been announced. The girls' winner is Mountain View Volleyball player Kate Walker, who had 93 kills as the Buffs won all five of their matches last week. Boys' winner was Little Snake River football player Mason Jones, who threw five TD passes from his quarterback spot over at, when their win over encampment. And voting for next week's Player of the Week starts on Friday at 5 p.m. and runs through Monday at 9 a.m. And you can all get started on WildPreps.com and the WildPreps mobile app. Major League Baseball playoffs first in the National League. Los Angeles Dodgers won 100 games during the regular season were eliminated by Arizona in three straight in that divisional round. The final 4-2 last night. The Diamondbacks have four home runs in the game. Philadelphia beat Atlanta on the road 10-2, so the Phillies lead that best of five series two games to one. In the American League, Houston has qualified for the AL Championship Series for the seventh year in a row. They beat Minnesota 3-2 to win that series three games to one. And that's it in sports. Do most of your high school sports game happen on like Friday or Saturday? Some are Thursday, Thursday, some are Friday, some are Saturday, primarily primarily Friday and Saturday. Okay, because I'm just looking at this weather out there thinking if they're doing it like Friday, Saturday, later Friday and Saturday, yeah, then they, the weather's going to cooperate. They, they've had some um, rescheduling for certain uh-huh. certain events like uh, regional cross country. Uh, one was held yesterday. It should have been held today. That I, I would hate to go out there and watch these kids run in the rain right, for yeah. 15 minutes. Just, well, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe you're like, <laughs> look at these guys. Yeah, they're right, so yeah. T- and then you start getting cold and all of a sudden you yeah, yeah, then, then, it's not so, then it's not so, not good so much time. fun yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. But no, it, good weather this weekend. So, yeah, just move everything to this weekend. We'll be fine. Fine. All right. Thank fine. you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We'll roll on to news time after that. National local update on your weather forecast. And then you and I are, well, it's Wake Up Wyoming. Mm-hmm.